All right. So most B2B SaaS companies will build out demand gen in a pretty scattergun way. They'll do a bit of this. They'll do a little bit of that. Maybe the demand gen, the VP of demand gen there has read about some strategy on LinkedIn or whatever, and they'll just follow that, right? But there is an 80-20 of demand gen to really move the needle, right? So 80-20, what do I mean by that? There are maybe 20% of your activities that will deliver 80% of your results. That's what that means. Some people call it the Pareto because of the mathematician Pareto. So look, here's what we recommend. Focus on the following things in order. There are four things. The first one is positioning and messaging. The second is getting your website in order. The third thing is generating BOFU content, bottom of funnel content. And the fourth thing is setting up retargeting campaigns on paid media. Let's walk through each of them now. I'm Mark Thomas. I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search. And today I'm going to talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you want to read more, you should go to our website. It's poweredbysearch.com and check us out there. All right, let's start with positioning and messaging. Now, most people have no practical idea about their positioning. It's either some statement in a slideshow somewhere that no one can really remember. It's gathering dust on the hard drive somewhere. Or it's something that no one wants to try to work out because the heart of it, most people are pretty confused by what positioning actually is. And well, the reality is positioning is actually way simpler than people think it is. And it's vital for SaaS businesses. We're in increasingly competitive markets. Many of people's abilities to compete on features are decreasing. Many people are seeing that all of their competitors have exactly the same feature set same pricing. So how do you position yourself? Okay, here's how you define it. Good positioning is basically nothing other than a summary of how your ideal customers perceive you as a solution to their pain in relation to all of the other solutions available to them. What other solutions might there be? There might be other SaaS products. There might be systems that they've got in-house already. They might be looking for like a service. So how are you different to all of those things? In order to actually get this done, you have to have an understanding of who your customer is. In order to get that understanding, here's what I'd ask yourself. What do they look like in terms of firmographic data, in terms of industry, in terms of uh, things like job title, So there's demographic, there's firmographic data, that kind of stuff is interesting. But more specifically, go find those people and go ask them, hey, what are you doing right now that is like inefficient, inelegant, or ineffective? And what you're going to find is that as you talk to them about their pains and you ask them, hey, why haven't you done anything about these pains? They're going to start to tell you what your ideal customer actually looks like. You need to take that, turn it into something meaningful. But then you basically say, okay, who are our competitors? What are our customers' pains? Who are our customers? And how do our customers view us in comparison to their pain points and also our competitors? It is simple. We have a whole system for doing this. It's on the Powered by Search blog. You can look at SaaS positioning canvas if you're searching for it on Google. 
and you're going to find our article and a template for you to do this. It's the one that I use with all of the companies who work with us at Powered by Search on positioning. Now, take that and apply it to your copy. So go look at your ad campaigns, go look at your landing pages, your email sequences, your blog posts, and say, does this messaging match up to my positioning? So that's point one. That's talking about positioning. The second area that generates huge leverage for you is getting your website right. Now, SaaS websites tend to be a mix of whatever the marketing team saw on someone else's site, probably stripe.com, and they also leave big gaps in the customer awareness journey, right? So either they're copycat sites or they're lacking big areas that need to be there. We noticed that problem time and time again, so we created an ideal SaaS website structure. And you can use it to get good results from your SaaS website. We actually call it the authority architecture at Powered by Search. And again, there is a great blog post about this on our site. But I want to make this practical for you. So here's where I find the biggest opportunities to improve SaaS websites are. Landing page heroes that don't clearly explain what the product is, who it's for, and then show a meaningful illustration of a customer getting the benefits from that thing. Now, I don't mean you have to go and hire an illustrator, but you do have to take screenshots or have a designer build versions of your UI that show a user using the product in some way. There's all sorts of ways you can do this, but don't just go and buy a stock image don't just take one screenshot of your product and put it on. There's no context to that. Same thing with your landing page hero copy. Make sure that it aligns to your positioning. We talked about positioning already, but make sure that you are getting a clear picture to your customer of exactly what you're going to do for them and why. And also, last thing on the landing page hero, make the call to action specific. Don't say book demo, start free trial, find out more, right? Those three things, I see them all the time. Those are fine when it's one of those. Be specific about the action that you want the person to take. You can give a secondary, but don't put two buttons on there is what I'm saying to you. It confuses users and that sounds like a piece of advice without any proof behind it. Well, the proof is that I've worked on dozens and dozens of SaaS websites and have seen the conversion data for them. So. You're just going to have to trust me. <laughs> the second area is feature pages. So they often don't exist at all, or they rarely align to customer pain points. You notice the theme here. And if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you'll notice that I pretty much always say target customer pain points. And that's because it is so important. In B2B SaaS, you really do have to speak to your customers' pains. People don't just wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to buy some software today. No, instead they buy a product because its features align with pains that they're experiencing. Maybe not physical pains, probably career pains, probably financial pains, probably productivity pains. This goes back to the positioning. Understand what your customer is doing, which is ineffective, inefficient, or inelegant, and you can really respond to those pains with features. But even if you do have a features page already, ask yourself, are you just listing features 
or are you aligning the copy and the narrative of the whole page as in narrative as in go from the top of the page to the bottom of the page and say does this help my customer my ideal customer understand how the product will solve their pain the pricing page is another area for improvement now pricing pages often in b2b saas particularly when we're selling enterprise products don't have the price on them or they don't anchor the price in a meaningful way now there's nothing wrong with going we're in a competitive industry i don't want to put my prices on my website because then the sales reps from my competitors will undermine me it's okay if you want to hide them but i'll give you an example i spoke to a research company earlier today who i was pretty sure would be way above what i wanted to spend on research and when i got on the phone with them because they made me i confirmed what i thought pretty quickly i said give me a feel for the pricing and they said it's akin to if you wanted to hire an additional executive on your team and i was like oh well that's totally unachievable now your buyers are probably in a similar place to me sometimes maybe they don't need to know the price exactly but they need to see an anchor of that price so if you can't give a price on your pricing page at least give someone a comparative thing say it's between x and y or the average account costs x something like that but the overall best in my opinion is to just say the price let buyers buy because they want to solve their problem don't let them buy on the basis that they feel that you're taking them for a ride finally in terms of website a great area for improving is blog posts with poor internal linking and misfit calls to action people think when a blog post is published it's published but you really have to keep going you have to keep updating that stuff now i'm not saying it's easy to get right but what i am saying is if somebody lands on a blog post it's an opportunity for you to maintain their attention by helping them solve their problems target customer pain points so take them on a journey if they land on a top of funnel post you know maybe like a what is give them the next stage of awareness as a link within the post itself so let's say you're trying to i don't know sell them a CRM they might come to your website looking for ways to improve productivity in their business well one internal link you might give is okay one of those ways is to have better organization and communication between your team members find out about how a CRM could help that's a link to a features page or another blog page basically help them further their search and then the misfit CTAs so one common thing that SaaS websites do is they put like a really nicely designed visual CTA at the bottom of the post My experience is that's a missed opportunity. You're never going to really suffer if you do it, but if you don't add in an in-text CTA, something that looks natural, people will tend to skim past your calls to action. So add in a contextualized call to action that helps visitors to your website take the next step in the buyer journey. Finally, on content We'll talk about bofu content. So this is the third area for improvement on the 80/20 of SaaS demand gen. 
SaaS companies tend to focus on high search volume top of funnel content because they have low pricing a lot of the time. Many people will have like sub $100 per month subscriptions. And so they need a lot of people to pay those in order for their business to scale. That's why they tend to focus on those. But here's the thing. Those keywords tend to focus and convert at about 2 to 3% max. I think if you get 3% conversion on a, on a top of funnel keyword, you're probably doing like exceptionally well. However, we regularly see bottom of funnel content convert at 10% plus. Now, there's some economics to work out here. Like, is the sacrifice of the, you know, the 7% worth it for the extra thousand users that you're going to see? Like, there is some maths to do that. But for most people, the biggest gap in their content is not more, it's better and higher converting content. So what does BoFu content look like for SaaS? A couple of ideas here. Meaningful competitor comparison pages that give a well-rounded argument for who should use which product. Again, SaaS companies often just put a comparison page on a website and say, there you go, there's a table that says we do everything and they do nothing. But that does everyone a disservice. It does you a disservice as a brand because it looks tacky as heck. It does your buyers a disservice because it treats them like, you know, like they have zero intellectual ability to assess the fact that you're being unfair to your competitor. And yeah, it is unfair to your competitor to just say, blanket, no, these people are terrible. The reality is products work for different customers. Your ideal customer is different from your competitor's ideal customer. A better use of your resource with competitor comparison pages, rather than slating your competitors, a better use of your time and energy would be in creating a deep comparison that really aligns to your positioning. And it's a similar thing with use case pages. Use case pages that clearly align the product's core features to the ICP needs convert well. And similarly, when you're thinking about blog content in particular, thought leadership that communicates the positioning clearly and your worldview being different to your competitors, that's a smart move. Invest in that stuff. Yeah, you're going to want to add in some high, vo high search volume, rankable content, but use it as a way to get people down the funnel to the stuff that really converts. You don't need lots of content to meet ambitious growth goals in SaaS. Most likely, some people do. But what you definitely need is the right content mix for conversion. The final area on the 80-20 of B2B SaaS demand gen, retargeting campaigns. Now, once you get everything else that we've talked about set up, and that's going to take you some time, most likely, it's not a small investment to get that work done. It makes sense to start retargeting business with good ad creative aligned to their awareness stage. Now, this is really technical. And so we have a blog post on our website about how to run Twitter ads, how to run LinkedIn ads, how to run Facebook ads, how to run Google ads and Bing ads. We cover the kind of the main ad networks that we see work for B2B. But let me just give you some quick takeaways here. So don't assume that everyone browses in the same way. Usually people need to see different messages for their role, intent, industry, and risk profile. Add into that 
that everybody is at a different stage of awareness. And there's a lot of creative that you need to put together there. However, a good way to reduce your spend is by retargeting visitors to your website who viewed specific pages on that buyer awareness journey that are suited to their role, their intent, their industry, and their risk profile. If you get enough volume, you can segment your audience based on the actions and pages that they browsed on your website. And if you don't have enough volume, you can take this a step further and you can say, okay, well, I don't have enough volume to generate this specific retargeting audience. What's the common denominator between the audiences that I do have that I can segment together? And then you serve ads with pain point focus messaging that focuses not on getting them to convert probably because the stage of awareness right before conversion is product awareness. They're aware of your product or products like yours. But focus on building pipeline in B2B SaaS, particularly in areas and industries where there's a high average contract value, but a low willingness to just buy directly. You want to convert people so that they're moving down the funnel and along the customer awareness journey. You don't need to do direct conversion all the time. In fact, most B2B buyers don't buy directly. They take a long time, and so you have to accompany them on that trip. Now, there's lots that you could do bringing this all together, but this is the 80-20 of B2B SaaS demand gen to get started. Prioritize in order, getting your positioning and messaging right, getting your website in order, improving Bofu content, and setting up retargeting campaigns. I'll see you next time. Now, if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our assessment page, or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, and connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.